Ready to go? Let's go. Perfect. Well, welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to episode number 63 of Starting the Conversation. I am your permanent co-host, not co-host. <laughs> Fucked up already. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am your permanent host, Alice Benham, here with this week's co-host, Vix Meldrew. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, my love. Very nice to have you here. Thank you for having me. It's a it's real exciting. I was about to say it's a real honour. I, oh. I felt like I was on <laughs> the other side there. Okay, Two good. episodes in and I'm already screwing up. Yeah, you love that. <laughs> But I also feel like because we've already had Pizza Express, I feel in a bit of a chilled vibe already. Yeah, we are in the swing, aren't we? I possibly might go to sleep though. Yeah, because I feel coma. Have a nap afterwards. That's fine. Full of food, but it's good to have you here on the second format episode. I keep saying episode number two, but it's episode number sixty-three. Season. Are you doing them in seasons? Yeah, it's technically season three, but I kind of like to build up the numbers. Yeah. So I don't really want to say it's like season three, episode two. Yes. Because I I like being able to say I've got sixty-three episodes. Yeah, and I like it as well. I listen to other podcasts that have loads of episodes, and when they refer, oh, go back and listen to episode one hundred and eighteen. It's so much easier for me to find if I want to go back and listen to that one. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, that's exactly why I do it. Then, yeah, it's not a pride thing (laughs) at all. It's exactly because of that. Yeah. Um. But before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to start by a thanking the lovely listeners for all of the support on the new format. You know what it's like when you launch something new. Yeah. And you're like, is the world gonna hate it? It does not care. Yeah. And then people care. And yeah. you're like, this is like the best thing ever. I'm so grateful. And it's always a surprise. You're like, oh, guys, you actually do care. And you, you've been spending that whole time chatting about it anyway. Yes. Of course they care. But, but isn't it hilarious? Surprise. Because if you, if I was looking into your business and you were looking into mine, I'd be like, Vix, of course that launch is going to go mm-hmm. well. Of course people care. But when it's yours, you just never think that. I yeah. don't think that ever goes away. And also from a coaching basis as well, what do we ever tell our clients? Of course you're going to, of course it's going to go great. Yeah. You're going to be amazing. You're going to be this. And then... Of course they are, but they never listen to it themselves. And we don't listen to it ourselves either. Yeah, and I don't know if that gets any better with age or life experience. No, it does not. Okay, good to know. (laughs) I'll take that one off with the things not to expect to change. Stop worrying about it. Um, But I just wanted to jump in because, as you know, this new podcast format uh, is a lot more interactive, hopefully, get the people involved. Uh, And there were a couple of things last week which people seem to be very interested about. There's been some Mm -hmm. hot topic in my DMs. The first of those is one of the quick fire questions, Mm -hmm. uh, which was the, would you rather delete all your emails or all your calendar one yeah where do you stand Vix that one is so easy for me it's I would hate to delete my calendar I'm the most forgetful person unless I diarize everything to the absolute minutiae it will be forgotten so um it has to be delete emails I fully believe that my inbox is somebody else's to-do list so if it just means that they'll have to come back to me another time that is on them not on me you've just summed up exactly why that is my opinion yeah I don't get it. I don't, I do not get it. I asked on Instagram and 46% said they delete emails. Okay. They're in our camp. Well yeah. done, 46%. 54% said they delete their calendar. And let me tell you, it was the calendar deleting people that were very passionate. Really? They were saying, which is a good point in fairness, um, your emails can't be rewritten. Mm-hmm. A calendar technically can be redone. Yeah. Um, you lose receipts in your emails, which mm-hmm. is fair enough. But if you're on top of your accounting, they shouldn't be sat in your yeah. emails. Let's all say that. Uh, and also a lot of people were saying that all of their appointments are in their emails. Mm-hmm. But I would disagree with that mm-hmm. because my calendar is my life. Yeah. Every minute of every day is mapped yeah. out. 
when I have something and I would feel so stressed. Like I mm-hmm. almost lost my calendar recently, mm-hmm. which is what made me pick this question. Yeah. And I would honestly just, I think I would just stop. Yeah. I, don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know where to start. It would absolutely swallow me because I maybe wonder if those people, I remember back when I was teaching and my calendar was only see so-and-so Wednesday night, see so-and-so on Saturday mm. because my job was get up, go to school, uh, come okay. home. So I wouldn't forget that I was meeting so-and-so on that day. But now yeah, my so calendar true. is this meeting, that meeting, put this content live, go and speak to that person, reply to these emails, do this piece of content, mm-hmm. publish this, speak to my VA. There's all of these like m- small tasks that make up my every day. And because they're so different each time and each day and each week mm. and each month, that if I was to lose it, I'd be completely lost. Whereas I did have that situation the other day where I thought I'd lost all my emails and I had this big panic of, oh gosh, any brand I've ever spoken to anybody that's ever offered me a job like mm-hmm. there's loads of details in there contracts briefs everything that I've just lost turns out well luckily I managed to retrieve everything but I just email people because then yeah. uh, addresses were saved in you know you just put the letter c and everybody mm-hmm. <laughs> you've ever emailed that c came came up and I just emailed yeah. them it's like guys I've lost it soz and they sent it back absolutely fine and it was their it was their job to do not mine yeah exactly i'm so glad you said that quote earlier of your inbox someone else to do this yeah it's the best thing my dad ever taught me and yeah. it's really helped my like email mindset i feel like your like my calendar is so it's mine yes it's my thing yeah. i've created it to help me the thought of someone else coming in and messing with that yeah oh, no. No, no, no 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 so i'm really glad because that was one that i was like mm-hmm. i don't think i can top that would you rather in terms of it being such a people have some real strong opinions yeah so I was really glad about that well actually on the retreat um one of the other girls taught me a trick with my inbox and that is also what helped me answer that question because now my my emails are either essentially to be actioned or to be filed Mm. and really I'm only ever actioning about five or six emails at any one time the rest is filed away so if I was to lose that no big ish yeah do you know what emails are only good for is to go have you seen this email that I sent two weeks yeah. ago that you haven't replied to? Yeah. No, okay, that's the only time I need to find an old email. Yeah, it's when so someone hasn't true. done something and I need to go, yeah. as per my previous email, which yeah. is basically code for, can you please effing do your job yeah. and make this thing happen? <laughs> totally feel Which that. in fairness, I think people do to me yeah. way more than I do to other people. <laughs> so maybe it would be good if we all deleted our yeah. emails and then I wouldn't have that happen. Um, but it was also really interesting, obviously the topic of last week was how you run a business when your personal life goes to mm-hmm. shit, which I feel like, and I've noticed is something we can all relate to, yeah. that feeling of like, my business revolves around me, mm-hmm. something has gone wrong, which for a lot of people is obviously a different situation. Mm-hmm. What do I now do? Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously in that episode, it was kind of mine and fees. I think shared opinion of like our way of dealing with it. It was like, yeah. keep going. Yeah. Your business is something to help focus on. Go through that. And obviously there's a different way of doing things. Yeah. Um, and I actually had a really thoughtful and interesting response from Georgia. Um, and she was talking about how a few years ago, I believe in her business, so she works in France mm-hmm. and her grandfather who works in New Zealand, suddenly got very ill and they Mm. realized he was about to die Mm. and her kind of instant priority was like I need to be there Mm -hmm. I need to be there I want to be at the funeral I want to see him Um, and it was just really interesting actually to hear a different way of dealing with things Mm. obviously it's saying that someone dying is very different Mm. to me and me breaking up with someone (laughs) but I just think it's so important to acknowledge that there are so many different ways Mm -hmm. that you can run a business and do things yeah Um, so I just wanted to read out a quick quote from her email which if you would like to submit 
any thoughts, questions, queries based off the podcast, you can do that. Um, podcast at alicebenham.co.uk. Uh, but Georgia said um, towards the end of her email, I guess I'm saying it's okay if life becomes more important sometimes. People understand. It might put a slight dent in your business, but if you've got solid foundations, you'll bounce back, no problem. And when your business is you, you've got to be careful that you look after yourself. Of course, it was hard because financially you don't get bereavement leave or sick leave when you're self-employed, but it made me realize how important it was to have that in a bank account in case I need it one day. So I changed my business plan to incorporate putting money aside for a rainy day. I do feel that there is a huge amount of pressure on small business owners that we have to always show up no matter what, but we are human and yes, sometimes we have to put on the show regardless of what's going on backstage, but sometimes it's appropriate to cancel the show and that is okay. Mm. Good response, huh? Interesting. I, I, I kind of see those two points of view and then I kind of have another one as well in that sometimes when we want to show up for our business, when we're going through stuff, it's for our customers and for our audience and sometimes mm. it's for ourselves. Um, I lost my parents within a year of each other and I was blogging at the same time and teaching at the same time. Mm. And the only thing that kept me sane was being able to write about it. Mm. I couldn't talk about it at the time. I wasn't in therapy at the time. Uh, I had a twin sister who was going through it. So how could I speak to her about it at that time? But I could speak about it online. Uh, so a part of me blogging two after or updating Instagram a day later was less about I need to be present I need to be consistent Mm. I need to keep my posting schedule up Mm. but more myself life goes on Mm. business will go on I'll need this this is going to be my constant now when all of this crazy is happening yeah that's such a good point to acknowledge actually is that I think and I think that's the point really with this podcast with every conversation starter it's never Mm. like here's the way to do it here's the answer it's just like here was my experience and here was how I dealt with that based off of my needs my priorities Mm -hmm. and what I needed in that moment so yeah Thank you for Georgia for writing because I felt like that covered a really important yeah. part that we kind of didn't touch on in that episode. Yeah. Um, and obviously once we've had our chat, yeah. I feel like some people might have some things to say. Maybe. It's going to be Let's good. <laughs> um, but on to segment number one of the podcast. Feeling ready? I am so in. Perfect. So section number one, we're talking about the high-low of our week, of our businesses, of our day, however we're feeling. Now we're again going to start with the low because it's a bit sad when mm. you start with the high and then you end with the low. I feel like it's a bit of an anticlimax. Mm. Um, so how are things? How's, how's life treating you? Good. And I don't know if anyone who is listening is like this or whether you're like this or not, but I'm the type of person that when the universe is kicking my ass, it really makes it tricky for me to get motivated. And mm. I know sometimes... Uh, people just have intrinsic motivation and I don't know if Mercury is in retrograde and just fucking up my shit again but (laughs) this week I've kind of felt a bit of a a go slow in terms of motivation and creativity so I say that has been my low in that Mm. I have so many ideas so many things to work on so much big picture stuff I want to nail down on but I've just kind of been a bit listless and a bit kind of like I'll just sit and watch Jane the Virgin for a few more episodes and that kind of thing and then admonish myself for not getting on with stuff Mm. um so yeah that's probably and that is generally my lows is just when I know that I should be doing stuff and I know that I want to be doing stuff and I'm so excited to do it I just don't have the energy Mm. (laughs) to actually bring to it and what's your approach with that is it this too shall pass I know myself well enough that Mm -hmm. this is just a trough or is it you've got a five-step plan to getting yourself back in the groove um usually because I've 
been my thing this year is I've been very much more into tracking like my menstrual cycle and how that affects my energy talking to my therapist I know when I'm feeling high and when I'm feeling low so I tend to kind of circle off times in the month when I know that I'm high energy and I will bosh out so much shit during that time and I know the times in my month where I am that bit more sort of lethargic and lack of energy and I will just give myself a lot of grace Mm. and what I used to do and this is only a very new thing but what I used to do was really beast myself and be like oh you're useless you're not going to achieve anything if you be like this if you're you're just being lazy you're just and I really used to be harsh myself about it but my uh, whole attitude has totally changed now where I'm just like this too shall pass I can sit down and just watch tv for a couple of hours Mm. creativity will hit me when I'm rested Mm. and I kind of just wait ride the wave I love that and he said wave the ride but (laughs) that doesn't make any sense I always say you know when you say something wrong someone corrects you yeah I don't know what film it's from but it's that quote it's like did you understand what I meant yes stop being a dick about it perfect (laughs) let's move on yeah um I don't know what my low is of this week I said this last week and I'm really gonna need to get myself in gear because I've got to do this every single yeah. week. And if I can't start thinking about it, you have things, to start making them up. You're going to be like, gonna... oh, pigeon pooed on me on the way I mean? here. Like... People are going to get so bored. No, do you actually know what my low is? Is that obviously we're recording this in London, mm-hmm. where you reside. Um, and I've come in for a couple of days. And you know when you know you've forgotten something. Yeah. And you don't know what it is. Yeah. And then I was literally walking onto the train platform to leave where I live to come to London. And I realized I'd left my Kindle. Oh. And I love books. Yeah. And I feel like I really struggle because I work from home. I have an mm-hmm. office and a bedroom as most people do have a room when they sleep <laughs> um I do struggle with the divide of like oh I now have permission to do personal yeah. life things like read a book it feels really indulgent mm. for me so I love being in the city because you know like on the tube and yeah. waiting for a meeting or sat in a hotel room I love to read mm-hmm. so I'm a bit sad that I feel on that well two things that could change that round for you yeah one I've got a, a whole read pile over there of books that I've read if you want to take one afterwards fabulous thank you um, so much there's some really great reads and also I'm very much I don't have a kindle uh so i have the kindle app on my macbook so that if i'm still read i can still read so if i go to a meeting and somebody's late or i'm Mm. working in town and then i decide that i need to switch off for an hour then i'll just bring the kindle app up on my macbook and it kind of syncs to your kindle account Uh, so all is not lost all of my problems i'm now I've got no lows. No lows. That's just a medium now. (laughs) So I'm like, meh, could be better. Um, High of the week of the day. Whenever. Talk me through. Oh, what have I done this week? What day is it? Wednesday. Do you ever do that? So like last week I had lots of highs. I had some really exciting things happen. Mm. And this week, do you know, this is going to sound probably quite boring to people that are listening, but we'll probably get into it a bit more later. My high this week is that I've had two days where I haven't had to go into town and I could actually focus on oh, being creative. Uh, I feel like we talk about this all the time as well. I spend a lot of time working in my platforms, working yes. in my business, but not a yeah. lot of time working on things. So I've actually just been quite indulgent th- these first couple of days of the week where I have been looking at my plans and my ideas and just kind of sitting in them and and exploring them and coming up with ideas and actually being creative. Mm. And it makes me feel a lot better. Yes. I find that sometimes you just need to do a bit of that big picture. People are pretty bored of me talking about it, so all I talk about. Um, but you just need that little bit of big picture. And then you're like, cool. Yeah. Everything feels good. It's like you kind of connect the dots, don't yeah. you? Like, this is what I'm working towards. 
I need this. And it's funny that we don't ever set aside time for that stuff. Yes. But I would say that's the stuff that makes the biggest impact yeah. in your business. And since I watched your Instagram stories about your calendar, and I've now mm. redone my calendar, I do now have Fridays for Big Picture. And I now have an yeah, air table that. where I have a whole list of my Big Picture jobs. And now rather than me constantly panicking and thinking about, oh my gosh, I need to work on this idea. And mm. oh my gosh, I need to plan this. I now know that it's in that air table. I know when it comes to a Friday, I can pick one of my Big Picture ideas and I can just sit with it all day mm. and I'm so 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 looking forward to that and the other thing I don't know if you find it as well myself and a couple of my friends and whether it's you as well whether it's listeners as well that can relate to this is that I often find that I'm really really good at working on at big picture mm. and then working in yeah. you know the admin the automation the kind of nitty-gritty the clients yeah, the, yeah that kind of stuff is not really the stuff where I thrive necessarily whereas mm. I have worked with people, know people who are really good at doing that, are really good at boshing out their things that they need to do every day, yeah. but don't have that strategic overview and yes. don't have those kind of big goals. Yeah. And I wish I had more of that balance. Yeah, I do think it's one or the other. And I think actually it depends a lot on why you started. Mm. So I have like a, it's like a small theory and it's usually true for most people, but not true for everyone as everything is. Um, but I feel like if I'd started my business because social media marketing was a hobby mm -hmm. I think I'd like working in my business mm. the most because that's the reason why I started it yeah whereas full transparency I started my business because I have like my brain is just desperate for challenges mm. and big goals and whatever whatever mm -hmm. I'm less about I'm less in love with what my business is mm -hmm. I'm more in love with the fact that I run a business yes. if that makes sense. Yeah, hence yeah. why my brain is more wired to go for the strategic long-term stuff because that's why I do what yeah. I do yeah so I think it comes a lot down to that and I, I do think, think so. that makes sense I I'm the same as you I, yeah I don't really get like you know people say like oh work intuitively yeah just open your laptop and see no because no. if I worked intuitively my clients <laughs> would all fire me yeah because I literally wouldn't do anything I'd be like I'm sorry I'm just not feeling yeah. cool today yeah. I'm just not really interested you know yeah I'm just not feeling led to our strategy yeah. day I'm really sorry <laughs> and they'd be like uh okay yeah I guess I'm gonna go with someone else that actually makes so much sense to me because I used to be a teacher and my favorite thing to do was think of the creative ideas and I always in staff meetings with other teachers, I'd be giving them ideas. Why don't you try this with the kids? Why don't you do mm. this one next? Why don't you tackle this topic in this way? And I always used to say I'm an ideas person because when it came to actually executing, when it came to typing up a worksheet, marking mm. books, speaking to parents, like actually speaking to parents was fine, but like the, the admin, yeah. I couldn't bear it. Whereas yeah. I was so like, oh, why don't we try this? Why don't we try that? And then it was like, okay, actually we've actually got to sit down and do the paperwork for that now. Yeah. It was like, no, don't yeah. worry. And you can't do either <laughs> of them all the time. Yeah. Do you know what? I like you, your yeah. business does fail quicker yes. if all you do is the big picture stuff. Yeah. But if all you do is the working in stuff, yeah. you probably get to kind of a year in and you're like, oh, I've not yeah. shifted or pivoted or stepped up. So yeah. that's a good high of the week, I feel, yeah. that you've set aside that time. And yeah. I'm glad that my uh, calendar tips have assisted with that. Oh, life-changing. Good. I'm so, so glad. Um, my high of the week hasn't happened yet. Oh. It's just excitement. I'm not really one of those people that gets excited in yeah. advance. Yeah, yeah. You know, people are like, oh, I'm so excited for next week. Yes. Or they're like, are you excited for your holiday? And I'm oh, like... I'm the exact same. I'm like, no, I'll be excited when I get to the airport. Yeah, when, when I arrive. Yes. But there are some things I get excited in mm -hmm. advance for. Um, and genuinely, not saying this because she was the last guest, but one mm -hmm. of my like highlights of my businessy life yeah. is the Shikanshita events. Yes. Because it's, it's honestly just like an evening hanging out with my friends yeah because it's just like people on instagram people on the podcast people in facebook groups that you know that you get along with yeah. and you just all get to hang out and drink gnts and listen to a panel and get great goodie bags yeah and i'm like i'm really excited for yeah. that 
and I'm going to have a great evening. And you're going to be there. Yeah, so I am. You're going to share I know. the high with me. I think that my favourite thing with that is that you turn people you know of into people you know. and It's beautiful. Yeah, there we go. Trademark done. Get that. So good. Put it on an Instagram quote. Sell that. Yeah. Alice Benham, Viral. Yeah. Shop. <laughs> but it's that feeling of, like you said, you know of these mm. people and you respect their work or you admire them for something they've done, creative or whatever, something you've seen from them. And then you actually get face to face and it's in such mm. a normal environment. It's not in an online environment. It's face to face, GNT in hand, in common ground. Mm. And that whole new level of connection is made. I love it. Best thing. Yeah. Well, Great high-low section. I yeah. feel very like, I mean, I say it's a section, it's more just a chit-chat, but yeah. it's quite nice to have a bit of structure to it because yeah. I feel like you really get into the, the nitty-gritty yes. of life. And it helps me reflect as well because I'm the world's worst at not practicing that sort of gratitude kind of thing of not looking back and going, oh, mm. okay, how did I turn that around? Or what was actually really good and what made me really happy? So sat here now saying that has made me even go, oh my gosh, I'm not really doing anything on Friday either. I can be really creative and sit in my ideas on yeah. Friday too. And like thanking yourself for making that thing happen. Yeah, definitely. Because I feel like when you work for yourself, any opportunity to get yourself down, we do. So it's yeah. so important to create space where you're like, oh no, actually that's a really good thing that I've helped to create or I've done. Yeah. Well done me. Yeah, yeah, Pat on the sure. back. So the bulk of today's episode, our conversation starter, which yeah. I feel like you roughly know what it is. Yeah. And then I think we'll just go from there. Yeah. Um, so this week's conversation starter is the unspoken side of being a service-based mm-hmm. business slash coach slash educator. Yeah. Dum, dum, dum. So can you actually start? Because I've realized I haven't told anybody this. Yeah. Uh, what do you do, <laughs> Fix? Do you know what? That is a great question that often I can't even answer. Um, so... If you were to go by my sort of wanky Instagram bio name, it is content creator and community cultivator. Wow. I know. Love a bit of alliteration. How wanky is that? But basically what that means is I am part blogger, podcaster, creator type, influencer type person. And through that, I have cultivated a community of other creators creatives who all want to learn how to build sustainable platforms and turn them into essentially personal brands and businesses Mm -hmm. and through that community I offer a hub space type safe space where they can come and learn the skills Mm -hmm. make friends get some accountability and have the kind of feeling of we're all in this together love that yeah Perfect. Uh, I feel like we all need a wanky Instagram name. I think we do. come up with them. Um, So there's kind of, it'd be true to say there's two sides to your business. So the side that we're not going to talk about today, but it's very obviously kind of really where things started for you, which is blogger, content creator, influencer, whatever word people want to use. Um, And then this other side, which is what we're going to be focused on, which is you as an educator and as an expert i'm using the bunny marks because that's yeah. just whenever i say expert i go to quote <laughs> i do the exact same I thing i don't mean that in any way no no i do the same expertise. thing don't worry um but talking about that because i feel like there is so much around mm-hmm. being an educator being a coach calling yourself an expert mm-hmm. being service-based and by service-based i mean service-based in the sense of selling your expertise mm-hmm. that we just don't talk about yeah i feel like i i'm sure you'd agree with me went into it blind mm-hmm. ran into it mm-hmm. love it glad that i'm do it but so so wish i would have just had a bit of awareness yeah. about what it really looks like to turn something that is just in your brain yeah. into something that people can buy yeah so i feel like there is so much here for us to talk about yeah but it would be worth maybe just starting
starting with what first transitioned us mm. into thinking, okay, I am going to sell. Yeah. What let's break it down as is yeah. just something that comes naturally to me. Yeah. And when I say comes naturally to you, I mean, you may have learned it, you may have taught mm-hmm. yourself it, but it's something that kind of, you know, you don't have to read yeah. it off a textbook to say to something. Yeah. Um, so for me, I was social media management mm-hmm. and I think starting kind of people know the story I feel like I copy and paste it everyone on the time I talk about it um did that for nine months worked with corporates very quote-unquote successful in a kind of traditional sense um completely burnt out relaunched my business yeah realized that I didn't want to be in social media management and then was like mm-hmm. okay I guess I just I'm gonna tell people how to use social media rather than do it for them yeah so that for me honestly it was that simple I yeah. didn't really think about it I was mm-hmm. just like cool I did social media management I guess I kind of know what I'm talking about I'm just going to go and teach people how to do it now, which is how I came up with the digital marketing coach title. Mm -hmm. And then from here to now, there's been a lot of learning curves and mistakes and (laughs) issues. But that's kind of my transition. What did that look like for you? Because obviously blogging, you know, it's very new to call yourself a blogging educator or a blogging coach or a blogging expert. Like blogging is such a new and such a developing concept. Mm. It's not like it's like, oh yeah, yeah, that's the thing you can do. So how did you come up with that as a kind of another element to your business and to you so it's it's funny because it when I say I kind of fell into it I kind of did and kind of didn't at the same time essentially I've always been as a blogger very open transparent when things were going on in the industry that I didn't agree with when there were sort of shady businesses going on I would be the one that would kind of put my flag in the sky and say hang on this isn't okay this is why it's not okay this is who it's affecting let's talk about it so I kind of by accident established myself as a name of a person who would tell it how it is would share what she'd learned what she'd seen what she'd heard and share it openly And through that, I was getting approached by other bloggers who would say to me, oh, Vix, how did you get that collaboration? How did you come up with that idea? How did you get onto TV? How did you get into the newspapers? How did you do this? How did you do that? And I sort of started saying, let's go for a working lunch. Let's bring our laptops. I can share Mm. whatever, I can essentially share my path. And there may be things in my path that you could go, oh, I haven't tried that yet. I haven't gone down that avenue yet and apply it to yourself. So that's how it started mm. and as I did that people were talking about it oh my gosh it was so helpful she made me opened up my eyes to this and she taught me about this word kind of spread and it came from me just kind of going yeah cool let's get together I'll, I'll chat for you for free um to yeah cool let's get together and I'll chat for you for hundreds of pounds yeah um no so you almost it was... noticed what questions people were asking yeah realized oh yeah. there's actually value in this and this isn't something that comes naturally to everyone yeah. else maybe there's something yeah. in this for me. And it was the same questions and you probably had it the same in mm. and when you transitioned, you knew the pain points, you knew what people needed to know, you knew what gaps needed to be filled. And from there, I kind of went, okay, let's gather all of this together, this information that I've got from these sessions of feedback that I've had. What is it that I'm good mm. at? What is it that I'm actually helping unlock in people? And then how can I package that up mm. and turn it into a service? Mm. Uh, so half fell into it and half then kind of went oh okay this is something let's be a bit strategic with it yeah that sounds a lot more intentional and strategic than I ever was um (laughs) I genuinely think what I did was just look to other American gurus gurus 
hate yeah. that word. Um, and just thought, yeah, okay, I'll promise the same things as them. I'll use the same strap lines as them. I'll yeah. create the same branding as them. I'll use the same clickbaity titles as mm-hmm. them. Great, that's me, good to go. Yeah. And I genuinely think it, and I actually don't think I would have listened if anyone, to be fair, mm-hmm. had told me there's a different way to do it. Um, but I think it took about six months of pushing with that method mm. of selling my expertise and almost mm-hmm. stealing other people's approach because mm-hmm. I actually just think I probably felt insecure in doing yeah. it the way I wanted to do it. Um, to realize, oh, okay, this is getting zero mm-hmm. traction mm-hmm. or the traction it's getting isn't the traction I want. Yeah. Maybe there's a new way to do it. And yeah. then it was that kind of eyes open moment to like, oh, mm-hmm. my expertise, which do you know what? Sometimes I feel like I need to say expertise with a mm-hmm. disclaimer. Yeah. But then I'm like, I genuinely don't feel weird about saying that I am, I have, I don't ever say I am an expert. Yeah. Because I think not at all. But I think there is a thing in just being like, I have expertise in yeah. this area. And that's fine. Yeah. And I'm not going to apologize for it. And I'm not going to say, uh-huh. oh, it's, oh, I've taught myself or all oh, disclaimer, disclaimer. Yeah. But it's okay just to say that. Um, and then I remember just realizing like, oh, okay, I don't need to package it up in uh-huh. this super complex or pretty or clickbaity or salesy way. I can literally just sell something which to me comes really naturally. Yeah. And that's allowed. And I think that apology and that disclaimer is definitely part of being a woman as well mm. you know I've been on dates with guys who would tell me they're a professional footballer because they spent Sunday playing five aside mm. like that level of kind of I'm an expert footballer yeah I play five aside we just don't seem to have that mm. we have to preface it with oh you know but I have actually done this and I might not have this certificate but this is all my experience and these are these mm. thousand testimonials that I have please understand that I am giving value yeah I think that's kind of bred into us sometimes and mm. also Um, thinking back to things that we've learned especially on the retreat with Sophie kind of stepping into your kind of expertise we've all been trained to um, not have that confidence and to when we see people who go I'm an expert I'm a guru I'm a da 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 Mm. go a bit like oh like yeah it makes you cringy yeah so that's why we preface everything. And because what with what I was doing like as a blogging coach air quotes coach was um that that's not a thing nobody had heard mm. of that before you can't put that in like the drop down box when you're applying for a new passport yeah. like it's not a thing so it felt pretentious coming up with that term but also what else would I call it mm. and it was also that feeling of somebody is going to come to my house and ask to see my degree certificate in blogging yes. coaching and I'm the whole door is going to be blown off of this thing mm. it's that fear of it's like that imposter syndrome kind of thing yeah. almost, isn't it? Yeah. I genuinely think you, in order to be a, oh, again, don't want to say it, this is just my opinion, but in my opinion, in order for me to be in a sane place running mm-hmm. my business, in a stable place, I have to be so, so secure in mm-hmm. myself mm-hmm. because I genuinely think it is so difficult to package up something which is you mm-hmm. without immediately then questioning, what's my worth? Yeah. You know, Am I good enough? Am I whatever enough? And I genuinely think so much of not having those questions. And I really don't really ask those questions of myself anymore. Unless, like, you know, and you spiral. Yeah. And then you're like, you talk, you walk yeah. yourself into it. Um, I definitely don't get that as much now. But I think that A, comes from time. Yeah. And just, like, sticking at it and realising that people are still paying me and mm-hmm. people haven't, you know, wanted a refund yet. Mm-hmm. But I think it also comes in just, like, being really secure in yourself. Yeah. And it sounds so like simple and cringe and like, oh, it's not that like, Mm. it's not that deep. But I genuinely think it is. Like when you're selling something that revolves around you, you knowing who you are and Mm -hmm. you knowing that your identity isn't in that thing that you offer, I think is such a key part. Yeah, and it's taking that time to reflect on any work that you have done to let it sink in that you've done a good job. And again, 
going back to what Sophie taught me about having an evidence bank Mm. uh, is having a session with a client, seeing the kind of light bulb moment that I used to get with primary school kids. You get this light bulb moment, you know that you've made a difference, you know you've said something that sparked something in them. They go off then and have their version of success and you can kind of see Mm. that you've guided them there is actually then taking that time to reflect back and go, okay, yeah, that is not 100% because of me, but mm. I did like that flame in the beginning or mm. I do have a, a little bit of ownership of how they've managed to navigate that and sort of taking that in and going, okay, yeah, I am doing a good job because mm. this person is taking what I'm teaching and running with it. Yeah. Did you have any backlash or negative response when you started calling yourself a blogging coach? Yeah. So the blogging like? community is very funny in that there are... a there it kind of split into people people from sort of like the OG days who started wanted to be the next Zoella couldn't really get to those kind of heights therefore then turned really bitter towards everything and therefore any type of person that has any success or their version of success they can get kind of backhanded subtweety kind of bitchy about yeah. and then there's this whole other group the community that I'm trying to cultivate and everybody that I surround myself with who are just like get it girl like yes like really supportive really empowering yeah but from that initial group of people people that I started out with perhaps who were kind of like well we started at the same time we have the same amount of followers we have the same da 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 how can you call yourself an yeah. expert that's the question isn't it it's like who are you who are you to call yourself that and yeah. that is such a hard thing to actually have people say yeah because that's I think is the biggest fear yeah when you call when you are selling your expertise yeah. skills whatever you fear old people are going to ask me that yeah and for people to actually say that or even for people to say you know when they're doing an inquiry well who have you worked with before yeah what are your success rates what's your whatever yeah that's such a like oh it just hits you in a spot doesn't it yeah and you feel like you have to justify Mm. yourself so I I, at the beginning when that first I I mean I say it it really only happened once or twice but like the first I remember the first time seeing like a subtweet that was like why you even listen to some like a self-proclaimed blogging coach when you could just get the information for free, free off of Pinterest or something like that. Mm. I immediately wanted to be like, well, actually, this is how much I've increased my blog traffic and this is how I've increased this and this is the jobs that I've got and these are the brands that I consult for and these are the people that I've helped and please read my testimonials and mm. found myself going down that spiral of I need to justify everything, but then very quickly stopped myself and went, do you know what, who are they? First, you want to ask me who I am? Who are you? Mm. Who are you? You can't affect me in this way. Mm. You're not going to be a paying client. You're not somebody that would ever want to work with me. You're not somebody that is interested in my content or interested in what I want to do anymore. Therefore, your opinion actually shouldn't really necessarily sway me positively or negatively. It just doesn't mean anything to me. So now I kind of see it in that way. And it's very much going back to that kind of idle customer idle audience Mm. if that's your attitude towards me then I don't need to serve you therefore you don't need to be in my space yeah and now I just ignore it yeah it's so refreshing isn't it as well to Mm. realize like you can and again this is just our perspectives and kind of our experiences but I truly believe you so like everyone is an expert in something Mm -hmm. 100% and I think that was that's I see it with a lot of my clients I see it in my business all the time that's when I when I hit that insecurity when I hit that who am I or I'm not good enough, I very often realize, oh, okay, that's because I'm feeling a pressure to be a digital marketing coach mm-hmm. for every business. Mm-hmm. And I feel a pressure to understand every platform mm-hmm. and every niche and every whatever. Whereas actually just to say, no, I help these kind of businesses do this kind of thing with this kind of whatever. Yeah. And I'm fully confident that I can do that little pool of something mm-hmm. 
then I think it's so much easier to stand up as that kind of coach or educator because you're just really clear on like, here's who I help and it's absolutely okay that they are the people that I'm for and I'm not for anyone else. Yeah, and I think that takes a certain type of person as well and it's a certain... uh, sometimes it can be a bit of a flaw and maybe people listening will really relate to this as well is that sometimes you're so self-reflective and so self-analytical that you almost level yourself and you say well I'm only for this or I'm not quite there yet and you kind of put yourself into like a box almost Mm. and that can work really detrimentally towards you because it's you kind of like limit what you think you can achieve Mm. but then on the other hand it can be quite beneficial because when you're so sure of who you serve, you're so sure of your place, yeah. you're so sure of the people that you want to surround yourself with that any kind of outer influences just don't really matter. Yeah, because you're like, oh, it's just not relevant. Yeah. And yes, it's fine that I don't know that thing about that. Yes. And yes, it's fine that I can't help with that. Yeah. Because that's not what I say that I yeah, do. Mm. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I'm also always thinking about talking, trying to process the connotations Mm. that people have I think particularly with that little word coach Mm -hmm. I feel like that word even you know even just in my brain instantly now just brings up so many thoughts so many frustrations so many opinions because it is just such a widely used term Mm -hmm. used by so so many different Mm -hmm. consultants educators whatever you want to call us Mm -hmm. and therefore I think a lot of people whether it be your future clients or just people that are looking in at your business Mm -hmm they very often have a predisposed idea about what it is that you do or how it is they should expect you to show up for them, which actually I think makes your life as a coach, Mm -hmm. as an educator, whatever you want to call yourself, a Mm -hmm. mentor, blah, 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 um, so much harder because there's such a buzz around these titles, which you can't control. And often they're quite vague as Mm. well. So what does a coach mean? Because everybody would know a football coach or they'd know a life coach or they'd know a parenting coach. mine is like when I put an expectation on myself as a coach yeah I'm like oh okay I need to be really like deep yeah and I need to be really emotional and I need to change your life mm-hmm. and I need to make you cry yeah and I need to talk <laughs> about like not just the what but the why yeah and we need to get really intense mm. but then it was literally that thing you said there about football coach I just was processing that a few I think it was kind of only a few months ago really and I was like oh Football coaches call themselves a coach Mm. and all they do is teach you to play football. Yeah. Cool. And now I literally say on every inquiry call, I'm never going to tell you something you don't already know. Yeah. I'm probably never going to tell you something which you couldn't find for free on Google. Mm -hmm. But here is the value in what I do. I teach you how to do this Mm -hmm. and that is that. Yeah. And I actually find that by simplifying it Mm -hmm. and breaking it down and not feeling the need to meet those crazy Mm -hmm. expectations that are put on that job title or that Mm -hmm. word makes life so much easier yeah but it feels the opposite doesn't it yeah and I think that's partly why I now call myself an educator rather than a coach because I felt that responsibility with that coach title to almost do 95% of the work for my client just so that they could do 5% and I approached it in totally the wrong way mm. I coming from a teaching background thought that coaching would be more me kind of guiding people along and essentially holding their hand Mm. every step of the way that's what I interpreted the word coach to mean and then that's how I I established my business and very quickly burnt out very quickly got so drained Mm. very quickly started to resent things and start to be like why am I doing this who am I doing this for why am I holding everybody's hand And I kind of almost attached myself far too closely to that term. Mm. Whereas now the term educator from a teaching background, it feels more aligned to me because 
what I essentially want to do is spark that flame and then let people go. Yeah. I want to pass the knowledge, they apply it. Whereas before I felt like I had to tell tell them it, tell them it again, tell them in a different language, sing mm. it to them, hold yeah. their hand and sing it I to them. I guess as a, like, a coach, you're somewhat, and again, this is just our associations with this mm. word, other people have something completely different. I think, yeah, there's that bit more hand-holding yeah. and that bit more responsibility. Mm. Whereas I think it's kind of what we're talking about over lunch with being an educator in the way that you're moving towards. So um, I'm right to say you're moving away from your one-on-one coaching yeah. and you're moving towards your kind of group education yeah. within your membership. Yeah. Um, and I think there is a really different relationship between those two ways mm-hmm. of, two's ways, <laughs> I can't speak, um, those two ways of teaching because when you're more in that education role in that kind of group yeah. setting, your responsibility is to give the information yeah. and then it ends there. Yeah. Whereas I do think when you put yourself in the space of one-on-one work, whether that's in coaching or mm-hmm. whatever else, I think there is a much bigger weight on that yeah. relationship because it is completely one-on-one. Yeah. And I think it's a lot more, draining is the wrong word, it just mm. takes a lot of energy. Yeah, and I think the way I've always worked, and even when I was a teacher, I was like this, my style was very much asking the open-ended questions mm. and having the clients, children, whoever, mm. answer it within themselves. Mm. And perhaps previously I picked the wrong clients or had sessions with the wrong people but it felt like anytime I try and open up a question open up a discussion Mm. that that wasn't the what they wanted what they wanted was Mm. for me to ask the question and answer it for them and I completely I completely reflect back and go maybe that's because of the way I set up my schemes my packages maybe that's where I didn't necessarily find the right clients at the beginning to Mm. work with um but it's definitely something that has really made me think especially how I'm developing my business and changing it now what am I comfortable doing what do I enjoy doing Mm. what do I feel really inspired to do and which bits do I not like doing yeah and I've kind of cut or starting to cut that out yeah and it's so nice isn't it to have even though you probably wish you'd figured that earlier or Mm. whatever it's kind of nice it's a pro and a con isn't it how much when you're service-based when you're an expert whatever whatever um you have complete freedom Mm -hmm. over what you teach who you teach Mm -hmm. how you teach it whatever whatever and I think when you don't have that huge amount of clarity starting Mm. out which it sounds like neither of us had a huge amount Mm. of you do just have to kind of fumble your way through it which is fine I think for both of us that's how we learn is by doing but then it is a case of like okay you know it's not just a this plus this plus this equals that way of working Mm -hmm. because your experience of being a coach is completely different to Mm. way that my coaching is like if I were to talk about my clients um they might be listening so they will know um but it really isn't at all like a Q&A session yeah. it's completely me asking the right questions creating the space mm-hmm. giving them prompts but all of the you know 99% of the revelations come out of my client's mm. mouth before it ever comes out of mine yeah and I think there's so much in that that says that the way that you set yourself up yeah the language that you use the clients that you attract the mm-hmm. clients that you say no to yeah we need to talk about that a bit yeah. more the fact that you don't have to say yes to everyone yeah I think makes such a big impact and it is acknowledging like as a as an educator as an expert as a coach mm-hmm. I have a huge responsibility about the the business that I build mm. because it could go in any direction yeah. and I think if you're not careful the clients dictate that direction yeah. which is possibly what happened for you is that the people that wanted your services yeah. actually didn't match how you wanted to yeah. do them 100% and that terminology of the clients that you say yes to and the clients you say no to Mm. I think when I first started I said yes to the clients that I should have said no to Mm. the clients that I've worked with who have had that epiphany 
I, I've had to, I could sit back and they take the space they roll mm. with it they feed it back they need the accountability that has been amazing and those clients are friends now people that I work with people that I still check in on and I still am so yeah. excited for because it was very much that relationship where it was clear our roles mm. and whether I established that better with them or whether that was by luck who the fuck knows <laughs> um, but I definitely in the beginning worked with clients that I should have said no to mm. or that I should have had that sort of taster session with and went I cannot fucking help you yeah yeah because <laughs> it's not even like it's a oh you just suffer a bit in the process but it's fine for them situation yeah actually if you're not a good if a client's not a good fit for you yeah you're not good you're fit probably for not them. a good fit for them no and it's actually a you know I I think it's slightly irresponsible you know it's fine if you're not aware of mm. it. it I 100% put my hand up and say that I've said no to, yes to clients in the past, but yeah. I've, the second they've signed a contract, regretted it. Yeah. I think there's a lot in trusting your gut instinct. Yeah. Everyone knows when you're not meant to say yes, then you do. Yeah. Um, but I also think it is slightly irresponsible to say yes to absolutely everyone without mm. just checking it through with yourself. Yeah. Because I think that is when people then have very negative experiences mm -hmm. with educators or coach mm -hmm. or pe coaches or paying for expertise mm -hmm. because there's not a good match and then people yeah. instantly go oh I'm never paying for a course again yeah I'm never paying for a coach again or that yeah. was, that was awful so they're gonna be awful too yeah and I think that's something that needs to be talked about more because I totally get it you know when you're yeah. starting out you need slash want money or clients or traction and yeah. it feels so so backwards to say no to anyone yeah. but the amount of times I've said no mm -hmm. and then the perfect client perfect opportunity perfect mm -hmm. whatever has come around the corner in the next day yeah and I've been so so grateful that I trusted my gut and followed through on that yeah I just think it's so worth it and I think as well for me with those people that and when I say I should have said no to them and it was never about them at all it was more about how I had to change my natural teaching style Mm. to fit with them as opposed to them hiring me as the coach because this is how I work so yeah. definitely in the early days I didn't set that out from the beginning of this is my method this is my approach this is how things are gonna go these are my boundaries yeah. as well like yeah and also just do doing it. that double checking of like yes you want to work with me but now you know how I work do you still want to work with me mm. I kind of just barreled ahead so when I changed around how I did my coaching earlier this year I very much did those discovery calls, very much did those taster sessions, very much started to say no, mm. very much kind of had one or two sessions and then kind of said, actually, I don't know if I'm necessarily the right coach for you because what I think from these sessions that you want is this and what mm. I can actually offer you is this. And I think that that is such a scary thing to do. A, to turn mm. down work, B, to tell a client I don't think I'm the right person for you when yeah. we spend our whole time trying to get clients and tell them that we're the right person for them but also just to take that step back and go oh mm. okay this isn't working how I imagined it to how I wanted mm. it to how I assumed it would mm. I need to change things up yeah I'm so glad you gave those kind of practical things in there because again I'm very conscious sometimes I'll say something and I'll be like oh that was not practical at all yeah. and if you don't get it you don't get it yeah whereas for you to break it down of like actually do like, am I going to need to shift the way that I work in mm -hmm. order to meet their needs? Are their expectations the same as mine? Yeah. Even the simple things of like, do they want to coach mm -hmm. in person and I want to do it online? Yeah. Do they want to do it at their flexibility and mm -hmm. I only want to do it on these set days and set hours? Yeah. And just checking in with yourself, which again, I think so, so mm -hmm. comes from that clarity on like, why am I doing this and what yeah. do I want this to do for me? Yeah. Because if you don't, you just end up working with everyone and anyone mm -hmm. in a, you know you work with and I've had it I've had clients where I've got maybe five clients and every single one requires a different me mm -hmm. and that is when I think being 
education based and mm-hmm. selling your expertise becomes so draining mm. because that's when you're having to constantly shift the way that you work and yeah. the way that you're showing up in order to suit someone. Yeah. And I think as well, the kind of whole like, you know, the amount of hours in a day is the amount of hours I can work thing yeah, when yeah. you're in education just is not true. Oh yeah. Like I remember looking at my pricing and I think I can't even remember what it was, but for example, if I was saying, you know, I'm going to try 50 pounds for an hour session. Mm-hmm. I remember looking at my week and being like, cool. So I can coach like 30 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I'm going to make like so much money. Mm-hmm. And now literally I coach eight hours a week. Yeah. And that's me at my maximum capacity. Yeah. If I go over that, I 100% feel it. Yeah. Because we have to acknowledge that working one-on-one, yeah. even if, you know, not even one-on-one, in education, hosting a live mm-hmm. workshop, hosting an in-person workshop with more than one person, mm-hmm. it's such a drain. Yeah. And it's such a privilege and it's the best thing ever and I'm never moaning about mm. it. But I do think we have to acknowledge that we have to look after ourselves in yeah. that for the sake of our clients as much as it is 100%. for us. And sometimes it's, it's um maybe drains like got the wrong connotation of the word because sometimes Mm. we could be working with a client who's so inspirational yeah who is so excited who is so keen is so and both me and the client and you and your client are having these Mm. moments of like oh my god yeah that's great oh my god yeah let's try this yes Mm. i can't wait to see that that is still draining too that level of excitement so you have sometimes you might have that odd one or two client that you think oh you're just not getting it or i'm not getting through to you or styles aren't mixing that's a drain. And then mm. sometimes you have those clients where you spend an hour bouncing off high energy, high mm. energy, high energy, and then you finish it and you're like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and then, It's almost a hangover, isn't it? That's yeah. how, like, that's my Friday. I'm just yeah. hangover. Because yeah. I'm just like, social hangover. my energy is gone. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's so true to say that. And I think, I don't know, it's just something, when I talk about like what no one tells you about being service-based, yeah. I'm like, nobody tells you no. that it takes so much out of you to show up yeah. in the way that you need to. And I think the uh, presumption as well is when you say, you know, you offer a 90 minute slot for people that aren't in the know or aren't a client and they think, oh, she works for 90 minutes and gets paid X amount. <laughs> they think she rocks up at that time. She talks for 90 minutes. She listens yeah. for 90 minutes. She, the other person makes notes. The other person takes everything away. And then when that 90 minutes is done, the timer goes and you walk away. Yeah. But it's absolutely not that. It's no. the arranging, like I said, if you're meeting someone in town or somewhere you have to travel you have to get yourself ready you yeah. have to prepare you have it's to get the, in the cost zone. of all the softwares that send their contracts and yeah. their invoices the admin yeah and there's then so much behind the that. reflection and afterwards like, as you well know, yeah 100 percent. and i was kind of i was thinking in my head when we were talking then like thinking about like oh which, which topics have we dis- discussed yet under this conversation starter and my immediate thought was like oh we've not talked about pricing yet mm-hmm. but i actually don't want to talk about it because it's such a common like oh let's talk about yeah, the yeah. issues of like pricing yourself and your service based but one of the things that we don't talk about, or maybe people don't understand that I don't see as much now, because I mm-hmm. think my ideal client, I'm very fortunate to be in a position where the people that are inquiring with me are very often my ideal client, and yeah. I don't have to justify my costs anymore. Yeah. But I remember being so frustrated because people would think, well, as if I'm going to pay you, I think now I roughly mm-hmm. price kind of per hour, this is how I work out my packages, um, £95, and mm-hmm. that's kind of where I feel comfortable, that works for me. Um, and actually, when someone charges me, mm-hmm. um, charges me, pays me, £95 for a 45-minute session, mm-hmm. they are paying for the weeks that I have spent at workshops and at events yeah. and at courses and at seminars learning. Yeah. They are paying for all of the time that I've spent looking mm-hmm. at their action steps and their progress between our sessions. Yeah. They are paying for the many, many mistakes that I made early on when I was learning actually the expertise that I'm mm-hmm. teaching them now. And I think when you're paying for something that isn't tangible, there is such a depth to what you're paying mm-hmm. for that actually it's really hard to be on the other end of that because yeah. you almost can't justify 
a price yeah. by you can't list it out like yeah, oh it takes this on. much for ingredients and this much for yeah. postage it's like oh it actually just took me like five years of being yeah. a blogger and working really damn hard yeah. to learn what I'm going to teach you yeah and it's the exact same thing and we were talking a little bit about it over lunch but it's the same thing with putting your prices up mm. because I when I first started obviously I was doing it for free at these kind of working lunches and then I started offering like a nominal fee for my time uh, fast forward a year a year of me doing that where I'd coach so many different people I'd myself did lots of self-education did every Mm. digital marketing Instagram social media everything course ever that I could do so I was fully armed with all of the knowledge Mm. even got more experience in myself in blogging and social media also made connections that I could pass on to the people that I was coaching of course my prices were going to go up Mm. but people didn't understand oh Vix I would have worked with you if you were still charging x amount but Mm. I can't afford it now and obviously they're not the ideal client and that's why we talk about that. Mm. But again, in service-based, when do you decide to put your prices up and yeah. how do you do that tangibly? Yeah. And how do you communicate that in a way yeah. where people still get it? Yeah. And I think in a way you all, like, it, this is an annoying thing to say, but I think you kind of have to get over the fact that not everyone, most people in fact, aren't going to get it. Yeah. Most of my family and friends do not understand yeah. how or why people pay so much to yeah. sit on a call with me. Yeah. Most people don't understand why I feel like as a 21-year-old, I've got something that's worth teaching. Mm-hmm. And I think in a way, you just have to come to terms with the fact yeah. that those questions, those fears, those insecurities, those worries are always going to be there. Yeah. You just have to be like, cool, I've got my um, evidence bank of all the reasons why I'm good. I'm secure in myself. I know yeah. what I'm doing. I know who it's for. I'm just going to keep at it. Yeah. You can't let outside influences dictate how you serve or why you serve. You just have to Mm. do it and do it because it's true to you. Yeah. And they're never going to go away. No. Or at least in my experience, have not. Uh, I remember looking at people who were like fully booked with clients and being like, oh, when I'm fully booked, I'm going to feel so secure. Mm -hmm. And you know, and you hear people be like, oh, I'm booked up six months in Mm. advance. And you're like, well, you must just be sleeping easy at night. And then I've got it. And I'm like, oh, Okay. Else. Yeah. Yeah. Another problem. Another worry. Another insecurity. Yeah. Another fear. And I just think there is a point with with being. I keep saying service based, but it's really just expertise based. Yeah. Um, where you just have to be like, cool. It's never going to feel a hundred percent easy. No. There's always going to be a bit of an ickiness there for me. Yeah. And that is okay. And it's like you said at the beginning, because being expertise based or service based is tied so closely to who you are as a person. Mm. Your experiences. Your expertise your knowledge it's also closely tied to you Mm. that it is so different from product based Mm. where it is based on the quality of the product which is a thing that you can analyze by looking at tangible factors because it's so tied closely so to who you are as a person those doubts are always going to be there because we're always going to doubt ourselves yeah and someone choosing not to book your services Mm -hmm. feels like a personal attachment or a personal yeah rejection that's the word and there's like it's just so intertwined in such an unhealthy way yeah because it's just so hard when it feels like you're your business and your business is you yeah it's like okay that's fine when everything's going great yeah that's so rosy but what about when things are a bit difficult or people don't want to book my services or that person said a mean thing about it or that friend made a snidey comment about how much I charge Mm -hmm. what does that look like now yeah and I think you do have to have a degree of separation in a way yeah I'm like I'm learning a lot about that I don't think I'm there yet yeah and I think some of that as well is the difference between when you are fully booked and when you're not 
because when you are not fully booked you're striving to get fully booked you're striving for new clients you're wanting to Mm. attract new people therefore you're questioning things more doubting things more because you are not fully booked you've got spaces yeah however that is definitely a switch that I made in my brain where I was always like I'm not going to get good enough if I've got if I haven't got x amount of clients or if people aren't coming to me if people aren't constantly asking me then it's a failure Mm. on my part but that switched when I turned myself to fully booked because I said rather than worrying about what can I do to attract new what can I do to be better I went okay well I've got four people five people ten people fifteen people however many that I'm working with right now Mm. how can I do the best for them yes and then that is what I think helped me to build that confidence in the beginning because I was like right at the end of every session I know I've done a good job. I know that because I'm fucking exhausted. Mm. I know that because we've had a great session. They've got so many ideas. Mm. And then I know that because of what I see in the results afterwards. Mm. And turning to that mindset really helped with that kind of, oh, am I good enough? Or why would anyone want to work with me? Yeah. Because I just focused on the people who already were working with me. And also, you know what? That's what's going to grow you the most. Yeah. Um, it would be true to say for me, 80% of my clients come from recommendations from other clients. So if my energy is used up worrying about what everyone else is thinking Mm -hmm. or marketing myself to completely fresh people, which I do Mm -hmm. still do, I'm not going to say that's not a good thing you should do. Um, When my energy and attention is purely focused Mm -hmm. on serving my clients, a, I'm in such a bad headspace because yeah. I know that I'm doing my job well. Yeah. But B, it's so much more reciprocal within my business because if someone has a good experience, they want to talk about it. Yeah. And your clients, you know, if you pick them right, are going to become people who are just total fans of what you do. Yeah. And if you give them a great experience, there's no reason that that's not going to yeah. come back to you. Such a high and a low, isn't it? Such a high <laughs> and a low. And something I just want to touch on before we finish up this conversation starter, I feel like it's such a juicy conversation yeah. starter that we could just go on yeah. for hours about. Um, and this might be a little bit on the line. I might upset some people here, Fine. but I feel like it's something that needs to be talked if it, about. If it's with anyone, it's with me. So, <laughs> come perfect, on. perfect. Um, because the reality is, and we've talked about this, being expertise-based, selling your brain, as I'm going to... Sounds weird, but yeah. that is true. Yeah, We're yeah. selling our brains. Um, you, anyone can call themselves an expert in something. Yeah. Anyone, you know there are elements to coaching where Mm -hmm. you have to have a something to call yourself that Mm -hmm. but the vast majority of coaches don't have a qualification Mm -hmm. or a certificate that allows them to call themselves that Mm -hmm. the same with educators the Mm -hmm. same with mentors the same with many different expertise-based businesses Mm -hmm. and I think it's a real sore spot Mm -hmm. because I'm so conscious of not offending someone. Mm-hmm. And also I'm so conscious of not being hypocritical yeah. when this was something that I definitely did at the yeah. start of my business. <laughs> so I'm not at all attacking anyone here, but I feel like it's a conversation that needs to be opened up is the question that can't be answered mm-hmm. of like, what do you need mm-hmm. to have mm-hmm. or to feel or to think in order to call yourself mm-hmm. an expert in something and therefore a coach, an educator, a mentor, yeah. a consultant? And also, what does it look like for the industry mm-hmm. when we know that there are a lot of people out there calling themselves mm-hmm. gurus in this mm-hmm. and experts in that when actually they don't quite know what they're talking yeah. about and that's a really damaging thing? Yeah. First part of that question, what do you think? So for, for, I believe that the issue, the thing that aggravates me the most with this is purely how people are marketing themselves. Mm. When somebody says, I am an expert in Instagram, because you said that, you need to have 15 million followers. You need to be getting DMs from The Rock, Cristiano Ronaldo and Kim Kardashian every day. (laughs) You need to be proving that right now. And you need to be proving that in numbers, in figures, in facts, because you have said, I am an expert Mm. and I am uh, 
an expert in this specific thing. This is my opinion. Mm. However, if you said, I have grown my Instagram from 2,000 followers to 10,000 followers in six months by using a very specific strategy, I would like to teach you that strategy. Mm. You're an expert. To mm. me, you're an expert. You're an expert at teaching me to take taking me from A to B. Somebody could walk out onto the street and cross the road. They could teach 100 people how to cross a road because they've walked the mm. walk, they've done it. Too many people talk the talk without walking the walk. And that mm. is, for me, is where the issue is. Yeah. And it, it, it frustrates me the most, I think. And this is why it really gets up in my grill. Because um, it doesn't bother me at all from the sense of, like, they're taking my clients mm-hmm. because I know who my clients are. Yeah. It does. I know that they're not going to be going with... You know, they can go with X, Y, and Z. I don't have an mm-hmm. insecurity around that. Absolutely crack on. I think what really gets me about this is that I have had so, so many clients, mm-hmm. almost half of my clients, I'd say, come to me um, after having a very negative experience yes. with a piece of expertise that they have yeah. paid money for, whether yeah. it's a course, whether it's a workshop, whether it's a coach, consultant, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever. And I see how much of a negative impact that has on these mm-hmm. businesses because suddenly they become so skeptical of what it looks like to pay for expertise. Mm. Suddenly they feel like they need to be super conscious mm-hmm. of where they're putting their money and yeah. they don't have that trust anymore. And also I feel like it just immediately gives, again, I was talking about that thing that anyone yeah. can call themselves it, which means that everyone has a different perception of it. Yeah. It immediately just puts this kind of weird misconception yeah. around what it looks like to be a coach or whatever because people think oh well you're just going to promise the world yeah deliver nothing and then run away when you get the email chasing yeah. it up and it's I so know true. that that is two percent of the industry yeah but it's the two percent that really frustrates me because I've just seen so many yeah. people damaged by it it's because they they oversell but under deliver you know they spend all of this money on these Instagram ads that will tell you that they will change your life and turn your business to a seven-figure business mm. even though they're only running a four-figure one themselves but they don't put that on their Instagram ad mm. you know they they haven't necessarily walked the walk and I don't think you always need to have to have walked the walk to be able to talk the talk yeah that but, is true to say because when I was first as a coach and mm. I was still I was nowhere near as good of a coach as I am now back yeah. then and I'm sure I'll say the same in a year but I it was true to say I didn't have at all my own online presence there. yeah yeah so it is true to say you don't always need to yeah walk the walk to but talk it's, the for talk. me it's how you sell it yes so if you sell it as you have walked the walk you mm. have the experience and this is the issue that I find is that people will say I've built a six-figure business I can teach you how to build a six-figure business mm. when they haven't mm. when the strategies that they're teaching are not anything different yeah. You know, and it's it's that overselling and under delivering thing. Mm. Because like I said, I teach about blogging. I haven't got the number one blog in the world. Mm. I don't have the num- most traffic in the world. So in that mm. sense, I'm not necessarily walking the walk. But what I'm doing is walking through how I have gone from A, yes. full-time teaching 60 hours a week to B, full-time blogger. That's mm. all I teach is my journey. I don't say I'm going to make you the number one blogger. Yes. And that yeah, I think so is different. It comes so much down to your language yeah and your expectations that you set which I genuinely think being confident in setting mm. I'm gonna say low and I don't mean low as a negative here yeah. being able to set low expectations mm-hmm. for what people are gonna get from yeah. working with you is an incredibly confident <laughs> thing to do 100%. like I say and I would never have done this um you know a year ago mm. every single inquiry I always say to them I'm never gonna tell you something that you can't find yeah. elsewhere I'm never going to tell you something which is going to majorly change your Mm -hmm. life. Here are the things that I'm going to do. I'm going to create space. Mm -hmm. I'm going to inject elements of your digital marketing with expertise Mm -hmm. and I'm going to keep you accountable. Yeah. And for me to be able to end that sentence on an inquiry call Mm -hmm. and not feel the need to go, 
oh, and I'm going to justify this do, and... that you'll do this, yeah, this and yeah. this and help you reach that, that and that. And yeah. feel the confidence just to stand true and no, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And I'm going to do that. I genuinely think is is what it looks like to counteract that side yeah. of the industry. And that is those just marketing messages because an, a Facebook ad that says, I will help you grow 10,000 followers mm. is so clickable. It's so sellable. It's so, oh my gosh, I must have this because I know I want 10,000 followers. But the disappointment comes when you get taught everything that's in that program and you don't grow the 10,000 followers. Mm. Whereas if your Facebook ad isn't necessarily going to be clickable and, and immediately buyable if you say, I will help you improve your Instagram mm. engagement, but you know that you can tangibly do that because of the skills that you have. Mm. And that is the issue, is there are too many of these kind of clickbaity gurus who want the flashy adverts, the flashy webinars, and they want to say that they can do this and do that, but they don't have the evidence behind it. And when I started blogging coaching, people always used to say to me, like, how can you teach me about Instagram? You've only got 10,000 followers. Mm. And... I know that that has come from the fact that people are selling themselves as this whole thing without actually saying, actually, I'm not teaching you how to get 100,000 followers because I don't have 100,000 followers. Mm. But what I'm teaching you is how I have implemented strategy A, B, and C Mm. to achieve result A, B, and C. Yeah. And it, it, that is the issue is that people, I think sometimes get swayed and wowed by, these mm-hmm. big numbers, big figures, big personalities. And then they expect that from and they the expect people it. who are actually doing it. You know, it, it, we don't want to judge people that do do that because actually I've got friends in the industry who have got online presences which look yeah. exactly like that. Um, and I have no issue with that and we have very open conversations about our different approaches mm. to things. But I think it's true to say that it, it then creates this weird expectation of like, oh, okay, well, you need to promise mm-hmm. me the world in order for me to give you a thousand business. pounds. Yeah. And if you're not going to promise me that, then I'm not going to give you my money. Yeah. But again, I think then we just keep coming back to the thing of like, when you know your ideal client, that doesn't bother you. Yeah. Because you're like, well, my ideal client would never ask me. Yeah. Like for me, a red flag, if someone, you know, and it's not a total red flag, because I do have clients that I say, yes, do ask this. But generally when someone says that question of like, what's the who have you helped before? Yeah. I'm like, okay, I know instantly this yeah, is a good fit. Yeah, you know where it's going to go. Because if someone isn't jumping on an inquiry call with me and isn't already 90% mm-hmm. sure they want to work with me, mm-hmm. and if they don't just have a couple of questions, I'm like, oh, okay, there's probably a... a a misfit here yeah there's something that doesn't connect I think there's a difference as well sometimes when sometimes and I've totally been guilty of this before where I've bought online programs or I've signed up to you mm. know e-courses or whatever because I've fallen for the the sticker and I've fallen for the glossy kind of webinar and the look and the promise of things so I'm totally speaking with all of the love and patience here because I've done it myself mm. I feel sometimes people want the quick fix and they want to work with people who promise the big dreams. Yeah. And then I think there's people that want to work with people that they connect with. And when we go back to that saying of, I'm not telling you anything that you couldn't find on Google or couldn't find on Pinterest, my clients don't come to me for the knowledge that they could easily Google on Pinterest mm. or, or on Google, sorry. They come to me because it's of my teaching style, how yes. they know I'm going to communicate it and what type yeah. of person I am. Yeah. And I feel like that... And again, it's not saying that those big ticket people, obviously they've got a successful business. They are mm. making loads of money because they're selling these programs that people download and then no refunds. You've, you've had it now. Yeah. They, you know, they are very, very successful in their version of success. Mm. But another way to do a service-based business is to sell it based on who you are as a person and your style and your journey. And I feel like that's the route that I've gone, the route that you've gone. Mm. And that's why people work with us. Yes. Yeah, that is so true. And I do often find when I say that line in inquiry calls, I think people do slightly go, oh. Yeah. I was slightly hoping that if I paid you enough money, you would do this yeah, for you me. Yeah, you would change you my would life. Change my life. <laughs> but actually, it, it, 
you know, I've never had it work well when a client's expectation is yeah. that. Because I'm, I'm always going to disappoint them. I yeah. can't change anyone's. I can't even change my own life, let alone someone yeah. else's. That is the biggest shift that I made this year. And I can't remember, I probably learned it in a fucking thousand pound e-course that I spent far too much money on and didn't learn anything but it turns out I might have learned something but my big shift in my mindset when it came to my business was I think I've lost the chain of thought here <laughs> what was it uh I was talking about the whole like uh people get a bit disappointed that someone else isn't going to change yes. your life for you expectations is that I set my own expectation on myself and said this is how I operate this is how I create this mm. is my message this is who I am if you don't like it, I'm not the person for you. Yeah. And stood fast in that. So mm. regularly I'll send an email out to my email list and say, by the way, this is what I'm going to be talking about on these emails for these next six months. If you don't like it, you can unsubscribe. Mm. Regularly I go onto my Instagram stories and say, I'm going to probably spend the next couple of weeks talking about Instagram and how to grow and how to beat, the, beat quotation marks, <laughs> the algorithm, blah, blah, blah. If you don't like it, feel free to unfollow. Yeah. To stand so steadfast in this is my business, this is who I am, mm. this is how I operate and just be completely okay with people going, oh, that's not for me, mm. or that's not the route that I want to take, mm. Mm, your journey doesn't align with mine, your methods don't align with mine, but just be confident in mm. that that is who I am, take it or leave it, yeah. and just be super, super not offended when they do decide to leave it, mm. you know? Yeah, I think that's a perfect note to end this section on. Yeah. So, yeah, I think just that conclusion of, like, so much of it comes down to being clear and secure mm. on who you are, who you work with, the value that you bring, mm -hmm. that you do bring, sorry, um, and how you do that, mm -hmm. and just knowing that that is enough. Yeah. You don't have to overcomplicate it. You don't have to promise the world. Yeah. You can turn your brain into something that you can sell. Mm -hmm. You've just got to do it in a way that helps you. Yeah. And there's so much more that we could have talked about here. Yeah. It's such a big topic. We could have talked about boundaries with clients. Mm -hmm. Flippinora is that <laughs> a topic in itself. <laughs> we could be talking about pricing yourself. Yeah. There's so much to go into, mm. but I feel like that's been a good, like, yeah, we've got we an got in. into the meat there. We did. I don't know why they call it meaty. Yeah. Why is it meaty? I don't know. Someone Good. referred to something the other day as toe meat. Oh. Like, you know, and you get like, I didn't really get it, but like fluff between like your toe jam. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> <laughs> on that note, I feel like we need to like lighten, lighten it up a bit. Up. We're ready sure. for our final stretch. Section. Let's go. All right, quick five questions. Vix, you are okay. not aware what these questions are. No, I'm a bit scared. Are you a bit nervous? Yeah, maybe. I quite like the quick five Because my thing is, I, I, I like say say things before I think about them, and then I just totally reveal myself <laughs> as a person. So that's exactly, Let's go. That's exactly why we're doing this. Um, I've got a few options. I'm just picking which to go for. Um, question number one. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I have to explain. I say sometimes. I've literally done one of these before. Um, I sometimes write things that make sense to me and don't do yeah. you. So clarify if the question yeah, doesn't yeah. make sense. Um money in yeah. your business would you rather get paid a consistent salary just by a, some a random bank account into yeah. yours you get the same amount every single month or would you rather have it fluctuate as it currently does depending on peaks and troughs in your business clients whatever you get paid the same amount yeah. over the year yeah how would you prefer to have it 100 consistency mm. because i thrive when i know that money is sorted when money is sorted my created lid is lifted and I can fly free when I'm panicking like oh mm -hmm. shit am I gonna be able to pay my rent oh god I've got this bill coming up oh I need to buy this new wordpress plugin mm -hmm. when those things have a hold over me my creativity goes to shit so what if you were to possibly get paid more with the fluctuating option would you still no, go for I would just wank it away on delivery <laughs> I would just get more ubers everywhere so 
no, no, I'd waste it. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I'm quite money motivated. Yeah. Not money motivated, but motivated by what money gets me. Yeah, yeah. So like if I've got a bit of an extra money in my bank account, oh, I can stay in a hotel in London rather yeah. than to go home. I can get an Uber to my next appointment yeah. rather than getting the That's my vice. <laughs> so <laughs> my, my downfall. Maybe I'm just a few years away from the self-awareness <laughs> yeah. that this is a negative thing. Oh yeah, that was 100% me at 21. I'd be like, oh, I just found 800 pounds on the floor. I could pay off my overdraft or I could go on holiday and I've still got an overdraft at 32. Ooh. That's the type of... Yeah. I paid off my overdraft the other day. Oh, I felt so sad. To, no, I'm not doing it to <laughs> no, be a joking. dickhead. But it was just a very, you know, you just yeah, have something over your head yeah, and you're just like, I do. it was so weird because I'd had the money in my bank account, but I was just like, never paid it off. Yeah. And then I just thought, I'm just going to do it. That is very And then I did it and I was just like, oh, I can sleep better. Yeah. It's a good feeling. Yeah. So I'd go for fluctuating, but probably in five years time and I've got no money, I'd we'll, probably we'll go see. for we'll, we'll do part two of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> five years, see you then. <laughs> um, question number two, which is just for you, I cannot answer yeah. this. Something about the influencer industry which would surprise people? Um, Give us a shocker. Because I, I don't know how much, sometimes people are really aware and sometimes aren't aware. Um, probably the biggest shocker is not everyone online is who... The, not how they seem online is not who they are in real life mm. there's a lot of extroverts online who are complete personality wise personality wise ethics morals behaviors beliefs will completely advocate for one thing but completely be op- the opposite behind closed doors so yeah it's very it's very interesting to me when people choose who they invest their time into mm. online especially mm. if i know that person perhaps or mm. i've met them or i know of them very it's interesting. interesting. And do you think that's because that was initially their brand, now they're successful and they're trying to keep that kind of wholesome person they maybe felt like they used to be? Or has that always been something they've created, um, do you think? Often. It can, it can be that. It can be something they've always created. Sometimes people create personality traits for clout that mm. aren't really true to who they are. Sometimes it's an it's age a bit like thing. like when girls act dumb at school. Yes. Because the boys like dumb yeah. girls. And I'm like, shut up. Like, yeah. you know how to tie your shoelaces. Yeah. Stop getting that boy to time for you, yeah. idiot. So it's that thing of... And sometimes I put it down to age. I'm probably in the older crew of influencers being mm. 33 or nearly 33. Uh, I kind of entered it as a 27-year-old, almost 100% sure of who I was. Still mm. learning a bit, but nearly always there. Mm. So I've only ever been myself online. Some people are still figuring themselves out. So I can mm. give a bit of allowance to, oh, okay, maybe mm. maybe I'm just being cynical. Maybe you're just figuring yourself out. But sometimes I, I don't think it's me being cynical. Mm. I think. Mm. Interesting one. Wasn't yeah. expecting that. Um, next question, which we can both answer. Best and worst investment you've ever made in your business? I felt like this was a relevant one after we've just talked about people investing in us. We yeah. should probably talk about what we invest in. Should we start with worst? Worst. Mine's silly stuff. Like, so I have, most of my business is created online on my website. My membership platform is hosted on my website. So often I will buy plugins, stuff, fonts, I don't know, like silly shit and then just not use it. Yeah. Which is a big waste. Like you buy a graphic for like 20 quid off Creative Market. Yeah. And you're like, brilliant, never going to use that. Yeah. I did that. Yeah. So I don't think, I'm yet in my business where I've, I've made investments that have been very, very good and which we can talk about, but I haven't ever, I haven't yet touch wood made an investment that has been bad other than silly shit. Oh, that's good. I think I have made an investment that was bad. Yeah. Um, about when I was in that first year when I was quite kind of financially yeah. successful, felt like I was a big deal, 17 years old, uh, got myself a work phone. 
even though like my what whole work, all my clients have my personal phone number don't know who I thought I was it's a PIMP <laughs> do you know what I genuinely think it was just because I wanted double the data and yeah. the battery life and the storage yeah photos so it was actually pretty brilliant yeah but I don't know who I thought I was That's like amazing. 17 like just hanging about with two iPhones they were white yeah. and black as well because I was like oh I need them to tell the oh difference oh my god so on brand I, I just love, love it. it and then I had it for like two so then I burnt out and then was mm. like not working for six months just yeah. had two phones so none of my friends really ever know how to get a hold of me because I think they don't know which I mean, one is which. That sounds like a good investment, maybe. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I say that was a bad investment. Now I am mildly considering getting a work yeah. phone, but I actually need it. Whereas yeah, back yeah. then, it's genuine. I was just a dickhead. Yeah. I was like, yeah, go on in. I love that. I should spend 50 quid a month with Vodafone. <laughs> That's it, you know, worries. Uh, best investment? I'd say my VA. Mm. That's like an ongoing investment. I have two people that work for me on a, a basis now. So I have my VA who kind of manages my blogging side of things. So she automates everything for me and manages the automation side of things so I don't have to think about it and I've just taken someone on as a content creator to help me with my membership platform because like I said I'm the ideas person I like having the ideas and then I like Mm -hmm. being able to say can you now just make it (laughs) cool thank you very much yeah I love that um I think mine would be my team as well Mm. Emily recently just having I could talk about it forever the benefits of having someone to bounce ideas off Mm -hmm. of the benefit of having that bit of accountability the benefit of a second set of eyes the benefit of someone going is that really the best way to do it could we do this a better way the benefit of having someone to do my accounts yeah bloody Nora do you find that as well with having a team like my VA Danny she literally calls me on so much bullshit Mm. if I was just here in my own head bouncing my own ideas around I would never get anywhere but to be able to just have that person where you mess and you go oh my god I've had the best idea I've ever had this is what it is four pages on a whatsapp and then she turns around and goes have you got time for that are you sure you want to do that yeah and then me going oh yeah actually yeah you're right it's just that extra like (laughs) oh okay it's not just me in my head doing my own thing I think just makes the biggest difference yeah good answers all around very similar for both of us um final question yes I quite like this one. I feel like it matches up with what you used to do in the blogging okay. world, talking about Ooh, dating. Good, good. Um, if you were to create mm-hmm. a Tinder profile mm-hmm. for you looking for work friends, oh. what would be the key points on that profile? Oh, good one. Um, uh, I mean, I'm I guess right. it would be a Bumble business profile, but that didn't yeah. quite go as well as Tinder, so we're saying Tinder. Yeah, okay. Half of me is like, what, how, what can I say on a podcast? And then half of me is like, should I just say what I actually think? Wow, what do you actually um, think? What, do, what I want in a work buddy is yeah. somebody that I can offload to and they don't tell me about themselves back. <laughs> I'm so you want a therapist? Oh, yeah. You've got a therapist. Yeah, I have got a therapist, yeah. I want a business therapist. I That's a business that. coach, essentially. Brilliant. Maybe not. Let's see. No, I want somebody who um, is no nonsense. Mm-hmm. Somebody who is as transparent as I am. Yeah. Someone who is honest and trustworthy. Mm. In that they're not going to go and cheat on me with an, with one of my brands. <laughs> you know, uh, just like you would in a real Tinder profile. Um, no, I think in business, I like to surround myself with people that I respect, that mm. I look up to, that inspire me. And that is what I would look for in somebody that I would like to get to know, work with, co-work with. I. I raise my game when I'm around people that games are raised. Yes, I like that. Yeah, yeah I always think um, it, if you're not surrounded by people who are, if you're like the smartest person in a room, yeah. then you're in the wrong room. 100%. And I yeah. don't mean that in a like, get rid of your pals who don't run businesses. Yeah, yeah. I just mean that I think it makes the biggest difference to be around people who constantly inspire you yeah. or make you think, oh, like damn, I want that. Yeah. Because if you have it always in front of you, I think you're so much clearer yeah. on 
wanting to go after it. Yeah. I think I'd say very very similar things. Mm. Um, ideally, also someone who likes getting at Ubers as well. Because my yeah. current work friends shame me for getting Ubers all the time. No, no I just necessary. don't need that in my life. Um, and also possibly someone who's a photographer, which I have Ooh, got. Yeah. Chloe is a photographer. Oh, she is amazing. Um, it's just really handy. Like yeah. I do love you photographers out there, but it's just really handy when you've got a friend that will just And she is amazing. Some. She is we brilliant. We love Chloe. She's probably not listening to this podcast. She's Bloody never better. listened to a podcast before. A mate, well. But you know what? If I tell her that we've mentioned her, she yeah. will listen to it. <laughs> and, and she will fast forward to the end. she's going to have to listen really fast <laughs> because this is really long. Yeah. Oh, cool. Thank you, Vix. Thank you so you enjoyed much. enjoyed it. Yeah, really it's good. Really I nice feel like we've it. gone in on the thing. And again, like we said, so much more that we could cover, but it's definitely left me with some thinking points and hopefully people will respond to this podcast and they'll come up with their points yes. of views. And as always, and I'm fully like the type of person that is I can put my hands up and go, okay, yeah, I didn't think about it that way before. I'm looking forward to maybe having one of those moments yes. after this. Yeah, so. yeah. So if people have any thoughts on the main conversation starters, obviously talking about what no one tells you about being an expertise-based business, what no one tells you about being a coach, an educator, yeah. if you are one of those things and you've got some thoughts, I know that we've maybe touch some kind of unspoken topics I yeah. feel like people are going to hopefully have some opinions or if you're just on the other side of that you've worked with people like that and you've got some thoughts to share yeah. we would love to hear from you sure. um you can either go to alicebenham.co.uk forward slash podcast which we linked in the show notes or email podcast at alicebenham.co.uk just make sure you put in your email if you want to be kept anonymous otherwise i will name and shame you and <laughs> nobody likes that and also get in touch if you have any thoughts on our quick fire questions yeah. are you our match for our Tinder profiles. Yes. Maybe we could find some new we work do friends want, through this. I need new work friends. Well, apply today. Apply Podcast today, to <laughs> And if you have any other thoughts, I'm trying to think which other questions that we answered. The worst investments that you've made in your business. Yes. Did you get a work phone like me? Yeah. Has it actually been useful? <laughs> and who made some really good investments? What investments have we perhaps not mm. made yet that we could be thinking about? That is very, very true. Yeah. And are you like Vix and you spend money when you've got extra yeah or are you like me and you also do that but you don't think it's a yeah. negative thing <laughs> let us know but Vic, thank you for joining me it's been thank really fun you to so have much. a chat yeah all right we're done yay well done that was really good you're brilliant oh, thanks mate